0: Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz.
1: God has spoken to my heart tonight, and uh, I think about when they cried, crucify Him. My, they didn't see the love. all the love. I mean, in their pride, in their rebellion, in their self will, their self righteousness. We don't need you. We don't want you. And yet, there it was the just for the unjust. It's amazing how many things we miss because there are certain truths that the Bible says are spiritually discerned. We have to have an open heart and an open mind to receive the truth of God. And I would pray that God would do that for each of us tonight. It's not in human wisdom or reasoning that ultimately we're advantaged, but it's by the Spirit of truth. And God wants us to be open to receive what He has for us. And I want just just to share a thought with you tonight. I alluded to it this morning. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Jonah. Jonah is a powerful book and I want you to look at some things here tonight. We often study this and think it's about the prophet Jonah or perhaps the well and all the different things that come out of that. But really the main character in this book of the Bible is God, the Lord Himself. And uh, who He is and what He does and how we respond to His Word and His will for our lives. That's what this book is all about. And uh, the name Jonah means dove. And uh, David even said that in Psalm 11. He said, I wish I could be like a dove that would just uh, flee into his mountain. I would just get away from here. And that was the instinct of Jonah to just uh, leave, to fly away as it were. And some of us, if we're not careful, that's something that we need to recognize in ourselves that God wants to help us with. There has to be some stability in the service of the Lord. We can't just be uh, flittering back and forth. That's the way they were, even as silly doves. The Bible says in Hosea's day, also in Isaiah, they would just go back and forth between these other nations and leaders and trying to get help, trying to negotiate and trying to pit one against the other, one to help them. And it was always just living their lives this way instead of this way. Instead of living by faith and trusting God, they try to maneuver, to manipulate, to connect, to figure, to fix, uh, to force whatever it took to accomplish what they thought needed to be done. I have a lot of thoughts tonight about what needs to be done, but I'm thankful that I'm serving one who knows what needs to be done in each of our lives. He knows where I'm at, where you're at, what you need, what your family needs, what this church needs. He knows all about that. And God wants us to just pause for a moment here tonight and just take heart and say, Lord, I I want to be steadfast. I want to be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as I know, according to your promise, my labor is not in vain. Others may perceive that, they may not. They They may value that, they may not, but that's okay. Because God takes note of who I am and where I am and what I'm doing. And sometimes the greatest thing we can do It's to sit still until we see how the matter will fall. Be still and know that He is God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, let's be stable in our faith, in our service to God, in our commitment to the Lord. If you'd summarize this book of the Bible, chapter 1, we see Jonah's rebellion Chapter 2, His repentance. Chapter 3, His restoration. Chapter 4, His resentment of all things. God said, go and cry aloud to that great city, Nineveh. Their wickedness has come before me. And He cried unto them. And and can you believe it? They actually repented. Now that is a miracle of God's grace, God's wonder-working power in their midst from great to small. To those who were of note, to those who others knew little, to nothing about. But God knew everyone. And everyone was valued by God, meant something to God. And as he cried mildly unto them, against them, yet forty days in Nineveh shall be overthrown. The Bible says in chapter 3 and verse 5, so the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. He proclaimed the Word of God to them. That's all He said. And by the way, I know we need to get deeper and we need to study the Word of God and all that's important and definitely has its place. But never underestimate the power of God's Word. A phrase, a sentence. If it's God's Word, it is authoritative. It has power. Thus saith the Lord. If God said it, it's a living word from God, forever settled in heaven. It has power to quicken, to make alive. This is the word of God. And then, after they repented, into chapter four, Jonah was just so grieved. Isn't that amazing? I want to be happy when God's at work, don't you? I see prayers being answered, needs being met, people being encouraged. Do you realize how many people are discouraged today? They're living this way. They're looking at life this way. They're trying to figure. They're trying to think ahead. And and, uh, and I'm reading reports like you are where we're headed economically and and, uh, all the different things we're facing with fuel and and, uh, supply chain and some of that we're living right now. And there are concerns. But I'm thankful that I'm not left in this world alone to myself, to my own devices. I have a God who's with me, who goes before me, and He's at work in this world. I'm praying He'll work in my life. In many ways, He is. Oftentimes, we don't recognize, we don't see, but He is at work. And when we see Him work in other people's lives, that reminds us that as He's doing for them what He's done for others, He can do for us, right? God is at work. Let's take heart tonight. Let's live by faith, let's trust the Lord, let's get some stability, let's rejoice in what God does for others. He was so grieved, even the Bible says in chapter 4 in verse 1, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry even. Imagine that. But what a testimony he gave in his anger as to the heart and the character of God. He says in the latter part of verse 2, For I knew, underline that, I knew. This is something I knew to be true about the true and living God. For I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of evil. I'm glad he is. He's like, I, I, I know who you are, God. I just knew if they humbled themselves, you would forgive them. I just knew it. Aren't you glad? He'll forgive you and me if we but humble ourselves? Aren't you thankful this is who he is? He repentest, or the Bible says, repentest thee of the evil. The fault there is this: God doesn't change, but God responds to our response to him. God says, All right, judgment's coming. They humbled themselves and repented. They turned to God from their sin so God turned away from His wrath and judgment upon them because of their sin. Isn't that amazing? See God doesn't change but He responds to our response to Him. He said at what instant? Jeremiah 18. He said when I purpose to bless a nation, if that nation will turn away from me then I'll turn away my blessing. But at What instant if a nation that I determine to judge, to chasten for their sin, if they will turn away from their sin unto me, I'll turn away my judgment upon them. We have more to do with the outcome of our lives than we think. We're not at the mercy of fate. We're at the mercy of an all-merciful God who will show mercy to those who humble themselves. When we turn to God in our hearts, God turns away from His chastening. Jonah said, I knew this to be true about you. I knew if they'd humble themselves and repent, you'd forgive them. But of all things, they don't deserve it. They're so vicious, barbaric, the way they would treat their enemies. Amazing what you read about the vicious and violent ways they would not just persecute them, but just slay them, torture them. He said, in essence, if anyone didn't deserve forgiveness, these are the people. I'm so upset that you just act like, okay, I forgive you, it's over. Let's be reminded tonight, we're in that crowd too. Of all people who don't deserve forgiveness, that's you and that's me. Let's quit thinking that we deserve it and others don't. There is none good. No, not one. None righteous. None. Not you, not me. We're not more deserving of God's forgiveness than others are. He's looking at the heart. If we will humble ourselves and turn to Him from our sin, He will show mercy. And by the way, I'm glad for that. Because the Bible says, Lord, if thou shouldest mark iniquities, who shall be able to stand? I wouldn't be here tonight. If God held my sin against me, I'd be long gone. But He showed mercy. He showed forgiveness. Now, I don't know who you're upset tonight about. Perhaps that God is working on their behalf or God is, is uh, drawing them unto Himself. Uh, they maybe have sinned against you or hurt you, and you want them to be hurt in return, and you want them to feel some measure of the pain that they've made you feel. I understand that. That's our humanity. But we've got to overcome our humanity. We can't walk in the flesh, we've got to walk in the Spirit. And God can bring us to a point to where we can pray as our Savior did on the cross, Father, forgive them. Please, Lord, forgive them. If they could see what they were doing, they they wouldn't do this. If they could see my heart toward them, they wouldn't treat me this way. But Lord, I just cast myself upon your mercy. And that's exactly where God wants us to be. Now Jonah was not there, he got upset. We know of all these things that God had prepared. God had prepared this great fish to swallow him. And uh, God, into this chapter here, the Bible teaches us, prepare to gourd and prepare to worm and prepare to vehement wind. I want to tell you, there's nothing God can't do for you and me. And God is out in front of us preparing things to get our attention. And by the way, sometimes we think, I hope he's preparing a blessing. Well, he is, but sometimes that blessing is disguised as a vehement wind, as a storm. That's God's blessing to us, to get our attention, to get our eyes off of the winds and the waves and their effects. But upon him again, perhaps as a shimei in your life. You say, I don't want anybody cursing me. Remember what David said? The servant of David said, oh, I'm going to finish him off. He's not going to talk to my king that way. And he said, wait, wait, stop. Perhaps God said unto Shimei, curse David. Really? You mean God has allowed this, prepared this even for my life to get my attention? Is that not the loving kindness of God? Well, sure it is. Remember the sailors that cast Jonah overboard? See, we think the blessings of God are, are financial. You know, just some kind of physical uh, strength and all that's important that has its place. And, and God does give us those blessings, and I'm thankful for it. But sometimes there are blessings that we don't recognize readily. And we need to look beyond those crosses, as it were, and see the crown, see the joy And the blessing that will come if we will humble ourselves and cast ourselves upon God's mercy. God has prepared people and places and circumstances to deal with us, to teach us lessons. But if you see this, he said in uh, the latter part of verse 3, it is better for me to die than to live. Did you see that? I mean to the point he was so upset he wanted to die. But I just want you to see that for me. He's not thinking of anybody else but himself. He said it again the latter part of verse 8, it is better for me to live or to die than to live. This is what's best for me. Now I going to tell you, if you're going to be that kind of Christian, no matter what God does for others, you'll never rejoice. You'll never really see what God is trying to do for you. You'll always look at the fault and the shortcoming and the error instead of the forgiveness, the grace, the goodness, and the mercy of God. And I ask us tonight, what kind of Christian are we going to be? He said, hey, let me tell you what's best for me. This is what's best for me. And then we read over here in Philippians 1. Remember what Paul said? For I'm a straight betwixt two, having a desire to part and to be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless to abide in the flesh, is more needful for you. So what kind of Christian are we going to be tonight? A for me Christian or a for you Christian? I'm here for the glory of God. I'm here for the good of others. I'm here, I'm going to rejoice in God's mercy in your life. I'm going to rejoice in how God extended His hand of grace and kindness to you. Because the same God who's done that for you can do that for me. And I'm going to rejoice in it and thank God for it. I'm here for His glory. I'm here for others. You might not recognize that. I might not recognize certain things that God is doing. But I'm going to tell you, I want to trust God because it's not about me. It's about Him. That's the kind of life God wants us to live. That's the kind of life I want to live. As you sung that song tonight, I was thinking about all that love in Jesus' heart. They should have cried, Holy. Thank you, Lord. They should have fallen on their knees and worshiped and blessed His holy name. But instead, they cried, Crucify Him. I'll tell you, that's that self serving, self righteous spirit. That says, hey, if I'm not advantaged, I don't care that anyone else is. In fact, I'd rather they not be. God deliver us. You know one of the greatest victories God will give you and me is when He helps us to get over ourselves. You think, is this person, that person, this situation? No, 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 no. Your greatest challenge, my greatest challenge tonight is myself. God deliver me from me. Help me to see who you are and what you've done in my life. As y'all sung that I thought about that tonight in Hebrews chapter 11. You remember what they did to the prophets? I mean they mocked them, they scoffed them sawn and asunder the Bible says hung upside down And then God gives us in parenthesis there, of whom the world was not worthy. If they could have just seen their heart. May God speak to us tonight and say, Lord, help me to look beyond what I think I'm seeing in my heart, what I need, what I want. Make it all about me because oftentimes we're not seeing our heart as God sees it. But Lord, help me to look beyond my own heart as it were. Help me to see your heart, Lord. Your heart in this storm, in this circumstance, in this trial, in this opposition, whatever it may be. Lord, help me to see your heart. But then Lord, help others if my heart is right with you to see my heart toward them. Not just in what I say, but what I do. That's the message this morning. Jesus said, if you don't believe what I'm saying, believe what I'm doing. Believe the works. Because I want to tell you this, that what I'm doing corresponds exactly with what I'm saying and what I'm claiming. Who are you going to show the heart of God to this week? God delivers from ourselves. May God help us not to make it about us and help help us not to live this, for me, Christian life but rather for you, for you. Paul said, I do all things for your sake. I do all things for your edifying. May God deal with our hearts and why we do what we do and rejoice in the mercy that He shows unto others.
0: Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube, and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.